0: Okay, so welcome to the first edition of the Medicine Man podcast. Uh, I'm very pleased to introduce a good friend of mine, Andy. Uh, um, thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming on the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks to It's an
1: honour, actually. It really is.
0: Yeah, to, nice. to have you with us and, you know, to share your story, really. You know, throughout this the journey that I've been on, your story's been quite profound and quite interesting. I think yeah. that sharing a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your journey i think is going to be something that's going to inspire people i think it can be really helpful for people that might perhaps be on a similar journey or perhaps even you know go through recovery and trauma and things like yourself so uh, i'd like to just introduce yourself for for the for the people listening yeah
1: hi um, my name's andy and um, i'm i'm in recovery at the moment and uh yeah um it's been a bit of a life-changing a few years um since i met uh, lewis here like he knows uh, my, my story and um i was just hoping that my story out there could help a few other people in the same predicament and there's a way out of this uh, way out of the life you know what i mean that I was leading at the time which has completely changed at the moment like Yes.
0: so starting from like the beginning of your journey can you tell us a little bit about your life and sort of what led you down the path that you did oh,
1: um it was I, 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 at a young age I was like I, I went to I was I was born in Liverpool in around this area like me my dad's from the docks and everything Um my mum was from Glasgow Um. My, my my upbringing was it was it wasn't too bad really it was like it was it was it was bad as uh, there was a lot of things went on in early in in, in uh, my life that was like traumatic and things that like, but uh, I was always I was always felt outside of life you know it was I was I, there was I wasn't uh, I was always trying to be someone else you know I've tried to fit in after I was trying to find acceptance every, everywhere I went, you know what I mean, or to, and that didn't matter if it was playing up or wherever. That that started at an early age, you know. Um, I started picking up other things like that and I didn't really go to school that much, you know what I mean. I, st- I still struggle at the moment like with, like, reading and writing, you know. Uh, but i do, I done my exams and everything like that. I, um, recently, you know, sort of, um, since I've become in, into recovery but um yeah so i i, I my, first, my, my first um sort of um dabbling, i remember remember it it birthdays and and, and christmases well. i had relatives that were from right uh, uh, glasgow uh, yeah. east pridede there uh, and uh, they they were they were quite heavy drinkers and stuff like that, but i enjoyed that sort of scene you know i mean, the the happiness and and, and all, all that but um my my dad was quite. He, he was he was a heavy drinker when he was at work. They had the whiskey boats and that. My great my granddad was a docker. He worked like, heavy on the dock hard on the docks and that. So they were hard workers, like hard working class background. You know, they were from Norris Green. My dad and that. Um, but I picked up um, my first drink when I was about twelve years old. And uh, the first the first time I had it, it was it was like an instant relief for me. Because of all, all the things that had happened, all the what I what I realised now, what I was going through at the time, I was blocking everything out. Um, so from, from from that age, I didn't really mature because because at I, I, the first time I pushed up a drink, I went, I went out and I got four cans of special brew and um, a bottle of old English cider, just with my mate. You know, I and mean? we said, "Oh well, uh, we'll, we'll have this and see how," you know, met up with a group of kids. Uh, school play, playing field, like I, I, I remember drinking this, this stuff, and the, like um, it lit me up. Do you know what I mean? All of a sudden, I was I wasn't that same person. I, I had more confidence. Uh, I felt that the pain had gone. Do you know? It was like um, I could talk to people, and everything like that. But I went into blackout that same night. You know, um, two me, two of me my friends they, they, they took me home and um, rang rang the doorbell, and my dad's uh, out there I was covered in. All kinds of sick and that, you know. Everyone knows about the first time drinking, you know. Um, My dad dad thought it was hilarious, like, he he took me upstairs and the room was spinning and I I was covered in sick and everything. I was in a mess. And uh, the next morning he said to me, he said, uh, he came up, he said, do you want a fried breakfast, son? And I was like, get out the room, dad. (laughs) I feel sick. He goes, he was laughing because he he said, like, uh, you won't be doing that again, son, will you? I said, not a chance. Uh, I had done exactly the same thing that night, and then that was the that was the cycle. that started carrying on, carrying on. You know, I started like, and I was quite an honest lad uh, up until twelve, like thirteen, and then and then then I started thieving for like to get ale. You know, uh, I started working on the milk round. So as a kid, I was before school, I'd go and get the, go and do, do the milk and that, and then and I had little side hustles on collecting the money and stuff like that. and uh but for, for 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 that sort of age thirteen, and that like it was it was a decent bit of money, I was like, and it all went on alcohol and drugs um I started getting into smoking a bit of weed and um that went on um by the time I got to about 15, oh, um this uh, me drinking and everything else, it was mainly weekends, it was like and but it was creeping in during the week, yeah, I was drinking instead of going to school, drinking, taking drugs, taking bunking off. Stuff like that, but you know a lot of kids do have done that, so I didn't see any difference. I just like to have, have a laugh. Most of the teachers in school would say would say like, um, don't bother coming into the class you just you're just disruptive, you just, just like'll we'll we sign you in, but just don't come in you know what i mean so i was getting getting away with all stuff like that, but at fifteen i'd had I'd had enough of uh, life around here, you know um and i thought i am I'm gonna I'm gonna go away um, just for a few weeks." And um, uh fruit picking. So we, so we got on a train to Kent and um when I when I arrived there, um um I got I got off a place called Headcorn and I only got off there because I had a funny diff- funny name and that I was like got off there, walked into the local village the next morning, um, and in the in the local paper it said uh, um gamekeeper wanted and I'd I'd worked with gamekeepers before I know i off school and that um, and I thought that's 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 a job I need, you know. Like so, I went, I went and got that job. Um, the thing the thing was, it wasn't it wasn't what I expected. I, 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 was, I was by this time I was drinking quite a lot. I was going, I was going into went to college and stuff like that. So how old how old were you at this point? I was I was only 15. 15 I I I'd got into college. <coughs> so I packed in that job after a year. It was a, it was it was quite um. I was in a bit of fantasy land. I thought it was going to be like, um, um, what's his name, uh, the, the, the gamekeeper from um, Emmerdale Farm, Seth Armstrong or something like that. And it wasn't, it was quite brutal uh, the cruelty to animals and everything. I'd seen all that and I, I thought, enough's enough, I can't do this anymore. But I had access to shotguns by this time as well. Um, I was starting to take a lot of amphetamines, so I was doing chemists over. Um, and so how old were you at this point, Andy? Sixteen. Sixteen by the time I was doing chemists and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, at sixteen I'd packed the job in and um when when I rang up my mum and dad I said to, uh, said to my dad, I said, I've lost my job. I said, I've packed it in. I said, I can't put up with this anymore. And we, and then he said, Get yourself home, son He said, There's you know, nothing there for you like, you know, didn't know anyone. So um, my mum rang up and said, Like, there's nothing for you here, son. Like you've got like and I wasn't going back there. You made your you made your bed, lining, basically, you know. So I remember crying as a kid then. I was like sixteen at this time. Just just thinking to myself, so jokes and dreams, lad. You've got to survive out here then. So within two weeks, I was in the drug dealer's house, and then, and that was a change in my life. But in the, in that drug dealer's house, I felt more love in there and more acceptance than I had ever had done in my life, you know. They were more concerned about me. There was like that, and there was like so there was a lot of uh, like hardened criminals as well involved in the, in in this area, working girls and stuff like that. So at a young age, they put me under the, the, the wing, if you know what I mean. Like so, so uh, I was ended up doing all all kinds of other things. do I was dealing drugs at this time. By this point, amphetamines, uh, weed, and and all my dealings were in pubs and around that area, and because of the people I knew. I wasn't. I was allowed in anywhere I wanted to go. Really, you know. Um, so, so I ended up really a heavy drinker and selling, then shoplifting started, uh, and then grafting gangs and stuff like that. So that, that that went on for quite a few years down in Kent. Called carnage around there. So a lot of the lot of the
0: mad stories that I could tell you about like this that happened there. But um, you yeah. said that you, when you were first, had a drink. Yeah. That you um, you didn't feel the pain. Yeah. What was the pain? What is? The, what was the pain that you were do, trying
1: to escape? Yeah. You know, it was. It was. Uh, it was. Um, it was all all past past issues that that, that happened, and I, and I, and I just I didn't feel I fitted in somewhere, and I, and I mm. felt this. It was like down in my gut, you know. But it, it, it all that went away. It's like I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't fit in without a drink. It was like as if I was someone else. Mm. and, and I, I was always trying to find a different place to fit in with different people so I'd, I'd wear different masks you know what I mean and I, I didn't understand this until actually the last few years of, of how my life went you know um, but you were
0: only a boy at this point yeah you? so
1: so I was mm. lost I was a yeah. lost kid and, and and I was a lost kid for most of my life then mm. even though I tried to be that sort of like bravado wannabe gangster sort of thing like you know it's it, I was a petty criminal You know what I mean? Petty criminal, like ain't a bit of money. It was good at what he'd done, and that and that and that. Like you know, um, but uh, (laughs) it wasn't sort of like a a sixteen-year-old should be involved in. Like you know, I was looked after there. Like I say that, uh, but. They get, doing doing things I shouldn't be doing, you know. What I, mean? I was getting people in back of transit vans, like with shotguns and stuff like that, to get paid in drug debts I 16, sixteen, seventeen years old, you know, mm. uh, blowing out people's windows and stuff like that for an half ounce of this and stuff like that. And uh, I, I was taking amphetamine every single day, you know, whether it was like um, um, out, out the chemists or whether it was out like off um, dealers, you know. Um, so so that that was my life, and, and there was no. Other uh I couldn't see I enjoyed it, if you know what I mean, I felt part of something, mm. even though it was something dysfunctional and messed. Mm. I felt accepted.
0: Do you know what I mean the first time in my life I was accepted as what I am so um, where what where was it that you weren't accepted in your life what What made you feel that you needed to go to these extremes to feel accepted
1: um I was lost because when I was when I was in Kent, by the time I got there there was no there was no the, the scene that I was in, that was it. So, you know? Uh, there was not as, like... I, I suppose I could it like... but At a young age, you stayed where you were familiar. Mm. You know what I mean? You, you stayed where you felt comfortable. And then and that went on. I felt more comfortable in, in dealers' houses or... crack. House. And I eventually, mm. it led up to, like, crack houses and stuff like that, you know? And I felt, uh, like, familiarity and felt comfortable in places like that. You know what I mean? And I, I felt out of place not being in stuff like that and I couldn't understand why anyone wouldn't want to you know I'd look at people working and stuff like that you know why when you can do this you know just uh, just not not um, ever lived life as a normal person up until recently really you know
0: so when you were in Kent you were involved in like gang related activities and drug dealing etc when, when did um, your personal addiction journey take a turn into the worst?
1: The turn, well, it's, I, At the time, in Kent, I was still enjoying it. I, I was enjoying that sort of side of it. Like, I was, I was scared, like, uh, learning now to do different things. Uh, um, it would be safe, so sneak thieving and stuff like that. I was earning my money. It, it, in the beginning, I was, I was only thieving for food. To just to get by, I was like, I was going to bed starving, so I started living there and then it got onto the other stuff and that the biggest change was was when um um I met a girl and she was she was from Wavertree um but she she lived in Kent because the gyro had moved down there and uh, and I, and I started living with her, so I got out the houses. a friend of mine jimmy he got he got me out of a, uh, of a difficult house where all, all the madness was going on.
0: What do you mean madness? Like
1: what sort of madness? Dealing and every day, like uh, drafters coming in, in, burglars, you know, like selling stuff, this, everything, you know, all all this going on, like and working girls or so everything, you know. Um, <laughs> and and he, he he got me out of there, and in in the end, I met a girl um, from Wales, and you know, we we got a place. I'm still. Still going in. By this time, judicial ju- ju- judicial system had kicked in. I was getting caught for different things, and like I was putting on probation, and and then that constant probation went on for the rest of my life. That you know, I was either I was always in the judicial system. Um, but when when I met this girl, like her dad was a bricklayer, and um, she she was at university in Kent and in, in in Canterbury, so. Uh, uh, anyway, after 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 a while, she said, uh, "I, I want to do a gap year." She seen how me drinking and me drug was doing, but it was like that's what I did. did. So yeah, I thought I'd accept it or not. You know what I mean? And uh, I couldn't see, you know, any other way. And she we had done a gap year. She she wanted to do a gap year. So I said, "We'll we'll, we'll, um, we'll go and travel go travelling for a year, and then do some fruit picking." So maybe I can get off the drugs and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So the first place she went to was Amsterdam, right? Which is not the best place to go to to get off drugs, you know. As you know, within two weeks anyway, there is um, like she she's she left. She seen how I was like uh, with with everything and everything was on the table then. Right, and then that was that was the turning point for me addiction because me my drug taking was like full force then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And within a couple of weeks, I had my own deal. Is like and I was selling stuff again. Then and then I realised that the Dutch people are quite. Honest people, and stuff was there for the taking. If you know what I mean, it was like yeah. Uh, so stuff, stuff like what stuff it could have been from safes to uh, for from it just only oh, shoplifted stuff, Rolexes. It could be it could be gold. It could be any, any anything. But in the beginning, it was alcohol because they had crates of lager outside all the shops and that. And I thought like and, uh, middle of the night. People would just be walking past and I thought Dude, there must be something wrong here. Do you know what I mean? Like so it didn't take any for a few days. Then I realised it was just dead honest. So it was like so that was it. I like all the gloves were off then, you know, like uh, and then that's when it took took everything took a turn for the worst. And stay I ended up staying there for twelve years. Like in in uh, Amsterdam. I got into So how old were you at this point? I was twenty then. When I when I moved to Amsterdam. So you stayed there
0: till so you were thirty two?
1: 32, 30, yeah, thirty-two, thirty-three, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah must have been nice. So that's... Because I've been back here since 2003, and uh, that that's a story in itself, like, how I got back. and Yeah, but when, when I got over there, it was... Yeah, it was... I fitted in perfect. It was a perfect place for me, you know I mean. Alcohol had to be 5%, and drugs were legal nearly, you know what I mean? So it was... Uh, I thought I was in heaven, you know what I mean? And things were just, like, for the taking. in yeah, you know. in what in the taking so so as in like
0: for shoplifting,
1: for shoplifting, for grafting, for all that and, and dealing and uh, everything. It was just uh, and and like every everyone everyone that knows me from Ireland always just to say like Andy what? said, so you've been here ten years. You still think you're on holiday? Do you know what I mean? And it's like because um, I never sort of grew up. I just I was in that mentality. Then then uh, other substances were coming into play by this time, like the um,
0: heroin. Heroin that got into heroin. That was. So, when what sort of time frame was this then? Was this like in the 80s? This was, yeah, in the
1: 80s. It must have been about 85, something like
0: that. Oh, no, no, by the time I got to
1: uh, Holland, it must have been about 88, 89. Yeah, it was just when the rave scene started. Yeah. And I I was loving that. Do you know what I mean? I went to first raves and that in, yeah, I think it was in
0: rotterdam uh, yeah
1: um well no the first rave was it went to was in was in london in the Astoria. Oh. it was in like the in um, late 80s and i loved it know yeah, if i popped my first day i thought i found a solution to everything you know what i mean this is my life and, uh, and i still like raving today actually but as i say one of them um but i like, so i got into the rave scene and um, all the other sort, and then when 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 I was in Holland, you have got Rotterdam, Amsterdam, you have got uh, like all the parks, each, uh all all these mad places, like you know, uh, and and they were that's where the pills were made. So we, we knew there uh, you know, there were proper pills and proper coke, proper everything. Yeah, you know, and once you, once you start basing it all off, like, and for years I used to be smoking uh, base coke and saying I'd never touch that crack, not realizing that what I was smoking was like was crack. You know what I mean? It was just like before; it was all well known. You know when it all first uh, kicked off in the nineties, wasn't it? You know, and uh, <coughs> that's that sort of sent me down a completely different path. Then, so what is the
0: difference between base, coke, and crack? There's is... nothing, absolutely nothing.
1: But it's just, just wording. It's like uh, you, you just mix it up exactly the same. But like um, when, when when we were first over there, saying oh, you, know, you can just base your coke up and that, so I was trying that. Uh, it wasn't until later on, then when, when they came back here, and then people were serving it up as like, you know, it was, it was crack. You see, I used to see it in the papers, like saying crack epidemic and stuff like that. and I think like oh, I wouldn't touch that stuff as I'm smoking away. You know what I mean? The purest form. You know what I mean? So it was it was, uh, and that, say so like they say like I, was, I, I it was on I was on on the coke, and that well, coke was quite expensive at the time. You know what I mean? The beginning nineties, wasn't it? Like you know, you had to have a bit, a bit of money. But then uh, the crack was like. Um, it was it was pretty cheap, you know, and 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 the hit was like once you took you know, once you take crack, no turning back. Like you know, everything mm. else was uh,
0: that that buzz was just like something else. Like and um, so when was the very first time that you that you came across crack cocaine? And what was what was the, how old were you then? And what, what you and where did you come across that?
1: Twenty, and it was in the, It was in a factory. It was, uh, I, I was working in a factory in the, a cat bike and and some of the, the lads there, they were they were like mainly um, English, Irish, and like, um, f- foreign workers doing the bulbs and things like that. And I used to do, I used to do the boxes round there, and um, they they were talking about the space and And I, I tried I tried to bit that, uh, like, I and and I left it alone for it. I, I could do it weekends and stuff like that for a, for a, for a brief time, you know. Mm. Um, and that was that was my first taste of it. And then that, that after, but once I got into it, that that stayed with me and I was like every day then for the
0: next 25 years, you know. Um, 20, so you were so a crack like, cocaine addict for 25 years? At least, yeah, yeah, at least. And, and heroin. Like, so was it at the same time, was it, the
1: heroin? Yeah, I, 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 like I couldn't I couldn't take crack without heroin. Right. Yeah, is it's, it's like, um, even... It come it, down. To, or yeah, because it was just too much. It's like, I've, I mean, obviously I've done it, like, you know what I mean, but... That that paranoia and that, that crap—if you haven't got anything to come down off it—that like, it's horrible. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. uh, and at the same time, I was drinking copious amounts as well. Mm. You know, so it was—it was affecting me, both mentally and physically. And you know, and, and that craving then, it escalated to everything else. I needed so much money to keep that habit going. You mm. know what I mean? You're talking, you know, I mean, at least two hundred pounds a day. And then
0: some days, thousands of pounds. You know what I mean? And whatever I had, it would go. So, know. how long did it progress from like a weekend thing to a daily habit?
1: Um, within a couple of months, a, couple of, a few, a good few months. Like,
0: um, I,
1: to tell you the truth, yeah, I went to India to try and get myself together, uh, and, I went, and I spent twelve months in India. Um, when I went to I went to India, and then. I didn't. I didn't find myself as some people go to find themselves. I found heroin, Like and, and it was cheap. It was like a like pound, two pound a gram, and it was the purest stuff you could get, like. And, and then, and then, so I went by the time after 12 months in India, where I ended up on the streets in in Delhi, no money, um, and, and I then to use conning tourists and stuff like that to to, to even get a flight back to Amsterdam. So um, I'd lost it. I lost. I spent it all on on gear and everything. Even though it was so cheap, it's like. Um, and so by the time I came back, I had a raging
0: heroin habit. Um, so, so that was before or after the crack?
1: Um, I dabbled before dabbled that. I dabbled yeah. and and with heroin. You mm. know what I mean? But it wasn't a problem until mm. I came back from there, and then uh, it was a daily thing then.
0: So did uh, it become daily while you were in in India?
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then, and then when I
0: came back, I came back a best. Pretty So, what was your intention for going to India in the first place? To try and just
1: try and find yourself? fellow that Yeah, but I didn't find anything like that. I found, I found everyone. Wow. You know I mean, and, and 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 some of the things that I went to, I went to some of the most religious places, like you know, uh, say like uh, Rishikesh mm. on the Ganges, uh, Manali, the Kooli Valley, up into uh, Kashmir, places like that. And uh, I, I even I, you know, got thrown out of Lake uh, Rishikesh. It was borrowed from Rishikesh. we uh, trying to catch a uh, sacred carp in the Ganges, just on a, on a mad day. Do you know, like, um, and I was told if 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 it, I, I wasn't doing it on purpose to upset anyone, it was what I was bored and I tried to catch some some in the, in the Ganges, and I got got um elbowed a few times by monks there, and, and told to get on the train. And then and a lot of the Indians said like, if you if you if you were, weren't a Western, you would have got killed for that, you know. So talk, talk like that. So I was causing carnage everywhere I went. Of caused made You know what I mean. Mm. Most of it in blackout as well. Mm. You know, uh, So I, and then by the time I came back, I was a full blown aeronautic. So how old were you at this point then? Um, that was been in ninety ninety two. Right this time. Mm. So I've been. Yeah, could um, have been about 54, 30, mm. 30. not get long towards. No, no. Um, in, 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 yeah, about twenty, twenty-three, something like that. 23, mm. would have been. Mm. Yeah, And then that, that went on then for like the next 30 years, really. You know what I mean? 20, 20, 25 years. Yeah? Uh, heroin and crack cocaine.
0: Wow, yeah. and alcohol as well. And alcohol. That's, well, alcohol was always there. Yeah, yeah. So alcohol. So, you been addicted to alcohol since you were like what, 12, 12, 12 12 years
1: thirteen old? Yeah, yeah. I like it. Was I was a daily drinker as well. You know what I mean? I drank every day. I didn't. I actually didn't think that was the problem. You know what I mean? Because of all the other stuff, I was still. I, I mean, even when I was on, there on the crack, I was still taking a lot of amphetamines, mm. uh, taking copious amounts of pills. Because I, I started traveling with people like Spiral Tribe and um that they, were do, they were doing raves in like leiden um where, where, where i was based in leiden mm. a place called leiden and um they were doing gigs in amsterdam on, in the squats and i was li- that's where i was living in squats um and uh, there and that's where i lived most of the 12 years 13 years i lived in amsterdam it was in squats yeah that so that that's 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 where it took me around there so it, I, I, and also at the end, I started getting into grafting gangs, mm. like, you know what that is, like, you know.
0: Like uh, doing robberies and things like that. Oh
1: yeah, Just all kinds, yeah. Just uh, and and basically were um, the little villages outside, we'd go to little villages and um, raid raid places, um, where you're getting gold, diamonds, or Rolexes, and we were earning good money, you know. We were doing mm. good money, but it was all going on the other stuff, you know.
0: So the, like, the grafting gangs consisted of you and and who else?
1: Yeah, uh, one of them, um, Sean, I could, I could make mine. There there's several other people like as well involved, you know. But he, he was probably one of my closest partners. Mm. I mean, he's dead now. He died of overdose and Burnley. So uh, were these
0: these people, um, people that you met in Holland, or were these people that you you knew from? No, the oh, these UK? were people I met in Holland. Yeah. Oh, so with yeah. some in Dutch, or were
1: yeah. Uh, no, they were all English, like, oh, all English, all the crafters, yeah. A lot of the dealers were Dutch, and then and then the level level above that usually is that like, you find it's English as well again. Do you know what mm. I mean? They, they controlled quite a lot of the, the drugs going in and out of uh, Holland, you know, and uh, I, knew, I knew quite a few of them. And so I was like, you know, I could get supplies of like that. I'd get, I'd get lay-ons and stuff like that. But uh, I, was, I was quite a bit of a liability. I'd end up getting battered for, like, not paying debts and, and guns and stuff like that in my face and that, you know. Um, and that, that was just because of my addiction. Like, I was laid on crack,
0: crack or coke and that. It was just a recipe for disaster, you know, mm. at the time. I can imagine that you, you've seen quite a lot of people... Um, or, or, ..or you've come across a lot of people that have died... Through the the sort of lifestyle that you're living, I,
1: I'd say I'd say it's about seventy percent of the people I know dead, I right? probably more. You know, what I mean, but the people that were in their active addiction, um, they they're probably all gone now. Not not you know, there's a there's a handful. I want uh, one one of them, you, you know, you said yourself, like well, he, he's a mm. friend of mine, nice, mm. you know, and uh, he's he's still around, but it's uh, not many. They're, they're all dead, and every year there's always half a dozen people. You know, I mean, sometimes I get a phone call, and if it's from Holland, I just think someone else is gone. You know what I mean? It's a mm-hmm. lifestyle that he lived in, and uh, and I look back and I'm so grateful. It like, just, like to, the the amount I I took and how far I pushed it. I shouldn't be here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be in here. Many many times I shouldn't be in
0: here. So uh, coming back from India. You said that you were, yeah, you had another twenty-five years worth of, or thirty years worth of addiction. Yeah, that was just the beginning. That yeah. was just the beginning. Yeah. So the rest of the time was spent in Holland. Yeah, in
1: Holland, and then then Holland when the, then the prison started in Holland. Yeah, because uh,
0: because I needed that much
1: that sort of money. I I had, had a business as well as a carpenter. Yeah, um, so I started doing shuttling joinery, and. Um, and that 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 was a disaster in the end, you know. It was like it was like more of a cover up for what I was doing anyway, you know. Mm. And um, that all fell through because of all all the other stuff I was doing, like you know, car crashes. There was um, different violent events, and, and and I've I've seen I've seen people actually, you know, who finished off for for doing things, and you know, and were sort of tortured and all kinds of stuff. I've been kidnapped three times myself. Do you know what I mean? Wow. In, in 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 that period. Was that in Holland? Yeah, uh, twice in Holland and once over here. Or? Drug dealers or uh, com- accomplices, accomplices, like you know, mm. that were after something. And how was that? Hey, it was horrific. Yeah.
0: What happened? And can you explain?
1: Yeah, um, well, two, two of them, two of them, I ended up in t- intensive care. Um, the worst, the the worst one, the worst one, I didn't end up in intensive care, but it was it was the most frightening one. It was it was in a a crack house in in the uh, Holland. And a guy, he was having a psychotic episode. I didn't realize at the time. He was a friend of mine as well. You know, um, he'd left. He'd left the drug dealer's house and the drug dealer's house. You go round there sometimes. There'd be people lying outside. They that had been thrown out, ODing. Uh, a couple of times, like, I've helped people. i like, gone back out they You know, just left to die. Really, you know what I mean? Like, um, and this this one girl that was in now was she? She um, went over, and and the the guy. Uh, Dave, he he was he was um, started selling in there, so he had moved. I was working in Eindhoven. so i would come back, and I, and I went to go and score off him, and there was a load of people coming. As the door opened, coming down the stairs, and at the time I'd been drinking, I didn't get on. When people were looking at me, going, "Don't be going up there," and I thought, "Then he's he's all right." Got up there, he um, uh, he he gave he gave me a pipe, he gave me a uh, gave me a bit of gear, right, and 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 every week I used to go there get 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 it off him and I'm going to pick my wages up later on or got, got some money I'll pay him I'll give him lifts a lot of time you know what I mean we, we, we're friends and i crafting partners as well right and uh, so but this one day he was having a bit of a psychotic yes like um. so I've gone and I'm smoking away everyone's gone out the house and he's got fat he's got fat on the uh, frying pan there and he's got a pipe, which is sellotates a knife to it right and he's gone you've You've got people coming around the house. I said, What are you on about Dave? You know him, you're crazy And he says, and uh, he's jumping on the balcony we are four floors up by, by by the way, you know, like, and, and he's and he's punching his, he's stabbing his bin bags, saying that I've got people in these bin bags and I thought, Oh no, he's lost a plot, like, you know what I mean? So anyway, he, he started giving me a bit of a eye, and had to hammer and that, like, and just the lady started laying into me like that, says, like fuzzy thought I was ripping him off. Which it wasn't. Mm. It was just completely in his head, and it it got to the point he was sat there and he's and he had this fat, uh, this uh, boiling fat, so I couldn't get out the door because he sat there and every twenty minutes or something like that he'd, he'd suddenly get he'd suddenly have a go like that and start sticking me with this knife, you know, like he's trying to have me. A, in in the end, he had it he had his, he had it right by my eye, and, and and I'd had so much of it like I just said, Dave, just go and do it, mate. Just do it, I can't, you know. I thought I thought I was dead that day, and uh, I remember he he locked, he locked me in the room, and I couldn't get over the balcony or anything like that, and I fell asleep. And in the morning, he was fine. So you know I mean? So I had a few like cartoon bumps and some like a few broken ribs and everything like that, and he just change changed person so we just managed to get out of there. Do you know what I mean? So that was like probably the worst sort of, like experience that I, I I honestly thought I was dying, I was going to get around. killed that day. Do you know what I mean? But there has been many occasions that I didn't think I was going to get through the day, wow, I mean? because of events that were happening around me, yeah. so was this
0: like a like a daily occurrence, or was it like things that were like it was like nature of the beast, really,
1: yeah, you call it yeah,
0: yeah, so I can imagine that like all of this lifestyle that you were living took a toll on your physical health Oh, so can you share about like how yeah how your physical health was affected by all this? <laughs>
1: Well, well, at at, at the time, um, I, I, I'd had alcoholic fits. I'd, I'd, I'd had several overdoses, um, and after after I'd done a, quite a few prison sentences in Holland, I came back to England, and and I got I got out of um, you know the story of what happened is like I got I got I got arrested, and and I was going going on my way to prison. I had to go for an interview at another prison, um, which was like underground and. Yeah, I, I escaped from there, I, and me and my girlfriend managed to get back to England. Like that, and that was like in two thousand and three. So you uh, escaped from prison? Yeah, in Holland. It was, it wasn't that <laughs> the. It, 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 it was in the the yard, which has got like a little prison underneath <laughs> it. And I was, I was, I'd been taken there for an interview, and the woman that was supposed to be, in, it was, it was interviewed me was that pissed off that she couldn't get me for all these years. She locked me in a cell. Right, she's me in the cell and she's shouting and screaming and something like that and she shut the door but she shut it so hard it's clicked back. Right, and this is in the interview rooms, the interview rooms are all down there. And I just I just went to sleep for a couple of hours. And when I got up, I went to knock on the door. Like like I somebody melted the buzzer with a lighter or something like that. So I knocked on the door, it's open. Oh my god, like so i grabbed my trainers, looked down, there's police everywhere. Like just a lot of them were plain clothes as well, like you know, because uh, uh, I drug air, uh, um, uh, plain clothes, like you know, and they used to look dressed like druggies and mm-hmm. even had brown on the teeth because they had blockers, you'd be smoking gear with you, you know what I mean, and they brown on the teeth, but we wouldn't be doing nothing to them because you had the blocker in them, you know what I mean. So it was like, uh, I, I grabbed, me, grabbed my shoes and I thought, I'm gonna just gonna, I'm gonna get nicked anyway, you know what I mean, so I might as well give it a go. Left me coat there. Started walking down and then people were walking past me and they're not batting an eyelid. So I thought just keep my head down. Got to the door and it was a combination lock. Was on there. There's a Dutch co- a, biker copper come over. I thought, Well this is it, and nicked that like and he started talking to me in Dutch, I like, and saying, Oh, was, like, I was Friday and I said, oh are you younger yet and I said, I I don't get and he's pressed it, You should put the combination, open the door, start talking to someone else and just let and that was out. And that was it, gone. So, I, and then I managed to get back to England, me and my girlfriend. So we arrived back in England um, in 2003, and it Jenny, and she was pregnant. She, like um, um, we didn't have time, but she was pregnant back like, like when, like, you know, when we arrived here. Like, so i have come back, and I had to stay with my mum and dad. So it was like they hadn't seen him for years. You know what I mean? They said, "I'd seen me at the old Christmas and stuff like that." And uh, so I've turned up a complete mess. Like, and and all the, all the lads from school, they hadn't known me since I was fifteen. So they just seen me disappear. I went for two weeks away, and never came back. You know what I mean? And so so uh, when when I came back, I thought oh, that's I'm all right now. You know what I mean? I don't. You know, I, I had this prescription. I was on I was on methadone. I was on, I was on tranquilizers. I was on valium. I was on uh, um, all kinds of different. Uh, things like Oxazipam and and there, and, uh, and I remember I got their doctors over, and it which were, they were quite a sound in, in in Harlem. It was like uh, to send over a prescription, and he sent it over to my local doctor. Right, and so I, I was rattling for two days. You know what I mean? Because really, I had no script. I by the time I got back, but uh, like, they sent it all over. She rang us up and she said, uh, "So there's a problem with your script." And I thought, oh, no, what's that? And she said trying to say yeah, here, the, like, this is for one day. He said, but it must be for a couple of weeks or something. So I walked in there and she's gone, I've gone, oh, no, that's that's a daily thing. like, yeah, that's right. And she's just looked at me and she said, how, how, how do you stand up? How can you stand up and go to work or anything like that? And I said, well, I'm just used to it, like, you know what I mean? And I was drinking as well on top of it. So they were amazed at, like, that, that, and that addiction as well on the top of drinking as well. You know what I mean? And the that's when my physical self started getting bad i started going yellow you know and um, mm. after after a few years of being back here i got um prison started again the same sort of behaviors the same patterns mm. again you know what i mean um and then um yeah oh, and, and my physical health was deteriorating quickly you know um, the days of going and getting Rolexes and all that, they were gone. Mm. It was like shoplifting to get a ten bag. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It, was like, it was getting desperate, you know. Uh, I, I i was like, I'd be working all day, but I couldn't I couldn't earn enough money to, to do my habit. So I'd have to work, finish work, and then go grafting in shops, you know what I mean? So I was like a part-time carpenter, full-time shoplifter, or sometimes I'd be a full-time carpenter, Part-time shoplifter just to get enough money. So it was like the prison started again
0: over here and like mm-hmm. Walton and all course and stuff like that. So um, what was it like for your habit when you were in, in prison?
1: Well, you we, we had your script. You had, you had your script. So, so actually, uh, the saddest thing was, it was like, all oh, I could think about it. every time I got locked up, it was like, getting out and having another drink. There was hooch in there, like, and I'd had parcels passed in, things like that. Like, you know, but... There's, there's, you can't get enough stuff there to keep a, a good habit going. Like if you, unless you got a script in there, you know what I mean. Mm. So, so, so really, I, I used to say I was sober when I was in prison. That was the only time I was sober, but I wasn't. I was on scripts, so it was like on you know, methadone, tranquilizers, and stuff like that, blah blah blah. And, uh, and then the same thing would happened as soon as soon as I was released from them gates, I'd be on it again. I'd get my discharge grant. Swear down, I'm not gonna go to. Uh, I'm not going to do this again. I'm, just, I'm, I'm off everything. Before I've even got to the end of the rare path, I'm on the phone, I'm in the off-licence, and I'm back at the house three days
0: later getting bin back by my missus, you know? And I knew that. It was happening every time. So you said that in 2003, um, your partner was pregnant. Yeah. <clears throat> so how did that change your life? Um,
1: I had, I had, I had some responsibility, which I didn't adapt to. And, and, uh, and sadly, I can say that I wasn't there for my son. You know what I mean? I and them days, like, I mean, she she was in active addiction. At when we first came back. She drank her quite heavily. Um, but when, as soon as Liam was born, she got clean, sober, and then didn't want nothing to do with my lifestyle. She still loved me, but I wasn't allowed right near Liam because of using and the people I was hanging around with, you know. Um, and that, that went on.
0: Till, till, quite recently,
1: you know, till till I started this journey that I'm on. Mm.
0: But so, how long did it take you to sort of like realise that you needed to change? Do you know, do you know
1: what? I, I, I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't, I didn't realise it was I was the problem. I thought drink was the problem. I thought uh, the drugs were the problem. Everything like that. The, the, the big changing point was like my uncle, who was a heavy drinker. Right and, uh, and uh, not alcoholic. It was, a, it was a heavy drinker. Lovely bloke, like you know what I mean. And he he kept the family together. And he he came over one 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 morning uh, to to visit me my mum and that. And as soon as he see me, he said, "Jesus, how's He said, uh, he, "He needs help. Look at him. I look like a Bart Simpson. I look like Bart Simpson, but pregnant. I was only seven and a half stone, but I look quite fat. It was all water retention." And he says, "You got to um um." Book for a liver appointment. So uh, they booked us, booked us in for a liver appointment, and uh, I can't remember if I actually turned up to that one. But they booked us another one. And by this time, I was drinking White Lightning cider. Um, I went every day, all, all, all the all the crack everything, you know what I me. Mean? So, so I was scraping to try and get by. You know what I mean? Um, I, I got to, I got to the I got to the um, the Royal Hospital there. And I had two bottles of white lightning cider with me, so I walked in. As soon as he seen me, they put me onto a trolley, put drips inside me, and put curtains around. I started drinking the white lightning. Um, the doc, Doctor Richardson, who we're friends with today, he's said, he said, live a liver specialist. He's come in, and I could see in his eyes, he's gone. Mate. He said, "He took it. He took it off me." He said, "You can't be doing this." He said, "Because we're going to throw you out, and he's going to die. He'll die." Like so. Uh, he took that off me. The second bottle, I started drinking the second bottle because I had it there, staffs. Security came in by the time night. Tried to take that off me. I wouldn't let him take it off me. And I could see tears in this doctor's eyes because he had to throw me out the the uh, the hospital. So so that night, I crawled down to the um, the Penny Farthing pub. You know, it used to be the Penny Farthing by the uh, there's like opposite Lime Street. There's a car park, isn't there? And I slept in that car park that night. The next morning I went to um I crawled back up to the hospital and then the again put me on drips and everything like that and I, and I came round about two or three days later. And when I came round there was a uh, there was a priest by my bedside giving me a rites. There was my missus, his uh, kids, me um, my son, Liam, and um the doctor was saying to me, he said to her, Listen, mate, says you've got he said he said, We thought we lost you there, mate. I said to him. Um, You've got hepatitis you've got you've got cirrhosis you've got varices and esophagus it's in the, if they burst you're dead so you've got hepatic hephalo, hephalo, hephalology, which is called like a uh, stage three which is the next one's coursesi cough so then that that's actually that's gone
0: And what's that what is what is that?
1: It um, it's where toxins talking? go to your brain. It's okay. with the alcohol. It's like uh, the, and, and it's it just starts it's it's got nowhere to be released, so it goes into your brain. And it's called wet brain. But, and that was just, it was getting that close on it, like and and I remember um I started crying that time and I haven't cried since the time when I was a kid, about sixteen, and when I when I got, when I finished that job. That was the first time I showed any sort of emotion and the maddest thing was was I wasn't crying because he said um, how ill I was. I was crying because he said I can't drink again. Because he said, if you if you drink, take it, in my, in my brain, I'm thinking, well, if I get three years out of it, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Three years, you know what I mean? Two years if I just, just you know, you, you don't really know what they're talking about and all that. So I'm gambling with my life in my head when my son's there and all that. So, er... Uh, there was somebody there from a fellowship that I'd, I'd joined. Um, at the same time, uh, I went to these meetings and all that, and I thought this isn't for me. I can't be doing it. I wasn't listening. I didn't didn't think I had too much of a problem, even though one knew it was it was it was it got me mentally, like you know. And so I started drinking again, started using again. i was still on a prescription all this time, sorry. I, I was on a prescription all this time as well. So, so I went out there. And I went. I went back out there for seven years, drinking and using again, and it was the worst seven years of my life. That's when the mental side started kicking in, um, and in that time, I lost my um, my me, me partner, uh, Jenny. She um, she uh, she got diagnosed with cancer. She had to go for blood transfusions, and uh, on, uh, and and after she had the blood transfusions, she just felt great. You know what I mean? And if one day. She's gone in. I said, to her, "Should I pick up Liam?" He said, um, "No, don't be daft. I've got tubes inside of me. I'll, I'll be back in a few hours. I feel great." Half an hour later, she was dead. He'd moved a clot from a from her leg to a heart. So I had to go go back to me, uh, pick up my son, telling him he'd lost his mum. Looking at his, looking at his son, my, my own son that I loved so much, destroyed. And I even said, I, me and you against the world, lad, and I couldn't put it down for him. Within three months, social services took him away. And, and uh, I was found underneath the fridge with a bottle of Jack Daniels and a crack pipe. Mm.
0: And I was uh, you've put on protection order. OK, so you were found underneath the fridge yep. with a bottle of whiskey and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and crack pipe. Crack pipe, yeah. So uh, what happened then? Well, then,
1: then the social services took, took him away. Um, my sh- sister stepped in and she she looked after him. Um, her and her partner's daughter. Um, in in Ainsdale. Uh, uh, I wasn't allowed to see him for uh, if I'd been using or drinking. You know, They'd uh, say breathalyzers. Uh, if I'd been breathalyzed, I couldn't see him. so it's like me just drinking and then and taking him it's, it's just gone completely out of control. And I was I was I was I was, I was a death drinker then. All I wanted to do was just drink, drink myself to death. I was going in and out of hospital by this time. The same the same, um, doctor I was talking about before, uh, by this time he wouldn't even come to see me because he used to say to people, like I so said, the last time we will see him, because um, they did get me a little bit better. They would have to drain, drain me because the fluids were going into mm. my stomach that bad, like... Uh, <coughs> and every time he told me like uh, you, you can't you can't drink anymore you're gonna die, mm. I would pull myself out the drips I would go over the old fort. Sorry, can I just stop and
0: we'll go through that again. Sorry, it's just That's okay.
1: It's just because uh, I'm not sure i I set the match. My... Do you feel in this? It's fine. I've got it. Yeah.
0: You've got <coughs> it. It's fine. So we'll just cut
1: on, and I'll just edit that out. Do <coughs> <So> you <coughs> want to start from crack <coughs> pipe under there? So I say like, yeah. Cut. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: There you <laughs> go. Go. yeah. So you're found with a bottle of Jack Daniels yep. and a cracked pipe? And yeah. a dislocated shoulder as well. Wow. Yeah. So what happened then?
1: Um, well, and social services were involved then. You know, mm. um, they, they came round, took him away. Uh, in my head, I'd, I thought, like, I said, what a relief. Not because I lost my son, because I thought, like, I can I can I can just have a bender now and then get it out of my system and everything will be all right. I've never been able to get it out of my system and... And any any drug addict alcohol? knows that scenario. You know what I mean. You always think you can do it yourself, you know, right? And uh, so so after a while, they wouldn't let me see. They wouldn't let me see them. It was on a protection order. All the other things, like all the judicial system system was was after me for all different things. It was all constantly on tag. Um, in the in the end, it, my mental side is gone. Uh, I was convinced that people coming over from different countries were watching me with cameras outside. I'd had my windows taped up, all there was was drug paraphernalia, needles, and stuff like that all next to me. And uh, I'd be rushed into hospital, and sometimes like, every two weeks, sometimes every every month. Uh, but every time i get there, like the, the doctors wouldn't even see me. Nobody came to visit me anymore. Like They would just admit me, you know. And, uh, as soon as I felt a bit better, I'd pull myself out of drips. And I'll be over the road in the old fort, um, drinking again, and on the phone to try and get something. You know what I mean? And I was like, "Did uh, did just uh, just just charge myself?" You know what I mean? Um, I, I've even had taxi drivers getting in a taxi, swearing down, "I'm never doing this again." Telling telling the taxi driver how bad it is before I even get them to my house, I'm, I'm 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 getting them to stop an off licence, and if they and seeing the look in their eyes, just like if, like what are you doing, lad. You know what I mean? And and it's like. Uh, I couldn't, it was that compulsion, that obsession, I couldn't, I couldn't control it, like, you know, I wanted to die. Uh, this went, this went on for quite a few months, like, quite well, for a few years, a few years, and uh, uh, I thought I was on my, you know, uh, that I wanted the ultimate oblivion, which was death, you know, so I was drinking and drinking, and at this time, I didn't believe in God, I didn't have any, Reservations about older people or religions or anything like that. And it was just, it wasn't my thing, or you know, whatever the people think, or whatever. This what? This one day, I was sat in the, in the house. I mean, now then, just got moved in there, and the Christians Against Poverty had come round, and I was in a lot of debt, and they, and they got a laptop out and they showing me all this, like, and they they cleared about like five or six grand of debt off me, like that. You know what I mean? Just a. Uh, um, and I was made up you know what i mean how uh but the the because the, the, of um uh, what the owe. The, 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 there's a, there's a way around it if you haven't got the money they can help people in situations like myself mm-hmm. that has got themselves in so much debt and you know in gas companies and everything like that, and so i've got i've got like about five grand taken off it like that so and uh after after they've sorted all that out they've got they showed me this little video right about like god and stuff like that and like had just like oh you know, yeah well whatever you know what I mean I've got my cans in my fridge and everything like when you are gone you'll oh I'll be back on it and he goes can we pray for you? And I'm going yeah whatever you know what I mean you've cleared five grand of my debts like you can do whatever you want like so he put his hand on him shoulder and he said like um, I want Andy's liver to get better and, I'm, and I'll pray for him to to give up alcohol and I'm thinking that uh, chance will be a fine thing and they anyway, so they've gone I've I've carried on drinking and then it. And this went on for a few weeks later. A few weeks later, um, I, was, I was on the floor again. And I just knew the hospitals, I need to get the hospital. I physically couldn't get to the hospital. I couldn't get to, to the dealers. I had money in my pocket, couldn't get the off license. And I managed to crawl to my bed. And this is when everything changed. And I'd never prayed before in my life. Didn't believe in God or, or you know, skeptical. Uh, and I prayed for me own death. And something happened that night that blew my mind. And this was on nothing, you know. This was just... And uh, I felt this warmth come inside of me. And, and and from that day to this day now, I've never touched a drug. I, I, and I slowly started weaning myself off, her, off methadone. So, how, like, so when was this? That was in six and a half years ago. That's not long yeah. before we met is it no no it was just after it was just before <laughs> and this is where it gets crazy this is where it really gets crazy it's like so i'm sad in this 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 room on my own like just paraphernalia cleaning up no obsession to drink no obsession to take drugs started as de- as days get went by I was, I was allowed to see my son again because i was sober I wasn't shaking uh, I was struggling physically to get to, to to the bus stops and stuff like that, because it was really in a bad way. Um and then things started of coming into my head about like the like, like uh, ayahuasca and things like and I was thinking like, I was asking people what what's what's this ayahuasca like, you know? And uh, and a friend of mine, uh people were just go oh, what are you talking about, Andy? I said, It's everywhere. I said, I keep seeing it everywhere. I, I even seen a poster coming out the Royal that was doing trips to Peru, right? A poster, and I told somebody about it, and they're going, Are you sure? I said, yeah, it did. When I, walked past, when I walked there again, it was an old JD Sport poster that had been there years, so I don't know if that was in my mind or was that a sign, you know what I mean? It's like, anyway, this was, this was all going on, so I was, it was all in, the, in my own head, you know, and I think, like, well, I was looking it up and things like that, and and. Uh, I uh, got a guy um, that was there the first time when I come around with the priest there he picked up a drink and somebody rang us up and said Andy can you go around and help this lad Bill like, he said picked up a drink I thought he's he's uh, he's been 10 years sober that lad you know so so, I went there and seen this lad this bloke destroyed he's got a lovely house big house and everything like. That. It's, and, and I've got a car he gave me outside there like uh, for helping him and uh, he said, can you get us back into this fellowship? like?" And, and so, so I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take you there. Like, you know what I mean? See what? Uh, so I thought, I'll take him a couple of times because I'd t- done it years ago and it didn't work for me, like, but it's obviously worked for him. Fellowship so, is in, can you ex- expand on that? Like? Uh, on the 12-step programme. Yeah, and and stuff like that, yeah. Okay. Which I'm still involved with today and it's been a great thing for my sobriety. It's kept me... You know, uh, grounded and and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and but when I seen him, he was destroyed, and I thought, what chance have I got? You know what I mean? So and, and anyway, I, I thought I'd get him to a couple of meetings and that. And then then once he once he's all right, got his feet under the table, I'll i sort off like. Mm. But I started listening because he started talking about the spiritual thing and everything like that. That's what happened to me. You know, because I, mm-hmm. every now and again I'd hear somebody talk about me. They prayed and it felt this, and so I was getting it because because I was confused. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was getting all these damn, like, messages of like uh, plant medicines and all this. So I was looking it up. Nobody, I hadn't really told anyone at all, and I seen a comment. Um, um it it came up for as, as, as a, as a retreat, and and somebody's put on, on on the retreat said uh, this. Um, Went to one of yours, came out more traumatized, and then did this is better. Treats somewhere else. And the phone number, um, I I I messaged him, and he didn't get back to me for about two months, which I, I and I do believe it's all all the bigger plan this was because by this time I was still taking a lot of uh, methadone and, and like you know, like trying to wean myself off. And but uh, so anyway, I've rang the number, and and you answered the phone, yeah, hi, <laughs> right? and. Uh, and he says, oh, "Like, I know of a retreat." And I said, "Well, uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect." So I said, well, I'll, "I'll, I'll be up for that." Like so. Anyway, that was. Um, I didn't, I didn't tell anyone because I didn't know how, how the fellas were going. People were going to uh, react against that, or I didn't know what I would think uh, anyone thought I was mad doing something like this. And anyway, I, t- I turned up, um, and, and I remember knocking on the door. Like and knocking and you, when when you open the door. Uh, I don't know what you thought, like you seen, seen, like, you know what I mean? Because I was uh, I thought, is he going to call an ambulance attack or a police car? Like, you know
0: what I, mean? <laughs> I think it was so, one of the three there. Yeah, I
1: thought, uh, maybe he thinks I'm telling the big issue or something, yeah. like, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, so I came in, okay, like, and there, uh, and then, um, and I was welcomed and I felt, felt uh, a bit out of place, really. Like, I thought, what's going on here? Like, and I don't, the only person that told was my son. Because I had it in my head, like, if I don't come back, like, something happens, like, you know what I mean? Or it's someone dodgy or... Well, I, did, I didn't have a clue. And I came out of there that night, and it was the best thing that has ever happened to me. I, and and, and I, 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 I didn't disclaim. I, I forgot to disclaim. I was still on methadone at the time, mm. a little bit. I'd managed to stay off it for one day, and I thought I was going to be on that for the rest of my life. And that night I'd done a full detox. Put on a the detox, it showed me... The path it should be taking. Um, frogs were coming into it as well, and I was like, "And I'd never heard of the candle or anything like that." And, mm. and it turned out you were a master candle Cam- 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 practitioner. Like,
0: it's uh, well, amazing, really, because on that day I remember it very well. Yeah, when when you turned up, um, and yeah, I knew very well that you hadn't, you know, disclosed. You know, you, you, yep. you know, some things, yeah. um, because you were clearly like rattling. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because there's days. I didn't have any yeah. methadone yeah. for for, for, yeah. for, for, for yeah. over a it day. 20 20, page, for a <laughs> I I like, had yeah. it in my bag. I had a little bit in my bag because I thought like as soon as it's finished, I'll just I'll just neck that. Yeah. And when I tried to take it the next morning, my body physically wouldn't let me take it. Mm. And it was I'd never touch that again. I was off everything wow. then the Dahazi power had gone everything had gone after that night that
0: one night, mm. and then that, that was that, that was a change in my life well it was yeah. actually you know you were completely contraindicated for, for, <laughs> for um saying. for um mm. taking part in yeah. in a ceremony like that yeah. um but there was just something inside that yeah. that it, that was like give him a chance like he's here for a reason It was you like need kill, it. kill me or kill me wasn't it it was a kill yeah. it, was, it was one of them like sort of yeah, cutthroat um, decisions that needed to be made yeah. in, in that moment yeah. and I just remember making that decision you I, I'm, know. I'm so glad you did because um, I honestly
1: don't think I'd be here
0: do you know like I'm, I'm going to say this to you now but like do you know what was going through my mind at that time when I made that decision now this might sound—I've never said this to you before—but yeah. I have shared that with with other people before. Like this um, decision was running through my mind, and the the thought that was passing through my, my mind was: well, if if something happens to him, uh, something happened to people like that all the time. Yeah, yeah. I thought if um, he was a twenty-one-year-old lad who come from from a, from a family through, yeah. and his life to go through. Yeah and something happened to him, you yeah. he wouldn't hear the last of it. Yeah. But if something happened to this guy who's rattling would, on his knees, basically, yeah. to, to come and sit in the ceremony,
1: yeah.
0: no one's probably going to know. Yeah,
1: they wouldn't, they wouldn't have batted this, the eyelid. How... My death
0: would have just been... Um, a, a statistic? Yeah, it would but have. That's, I've never but, said that to you, but that's yeah, actually no, what was going through yeah, my mind. I, I, I was thinking, I, I, give I, him a chance. I, I could see you sort of, like,
1: looking... <laughs> And, and 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 I'm so glad he gave me that chance. Yeah, because I think he saw something in me and thought like, he's going to do it. You know. Yeah, yeah, there
0: was, you know. Because
1: I, I could see you talking to others, and I think they were saying, oh, maybe not." Yeah. yeah maybe, you know, whatever, and mm-hmm. and and then the path there, that, that 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 was just changing my life then. Mm-hmm. But everyone
0: was really supportive in the in yeah. the in the group, which is good. Oh, it, was, kind it, of put it past great. everyone. And, and, they, and they're
1: all good friends, mate. I, 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 and I call them family now. You know what yeah. I mean? And I know that I feel closer to the people around now now than I've ever felt. Mm. A family I've ever ever had. You know what I mean? Mm. You know what I mean?
0: Well, after that ceremony, that's when I knew that I'd be yeah, would be you and me, brother. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I feel that, mate. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So from then. Yeah. Like, well, obviously, I know what happened, but yeah. it'd be good to, to to share, you know, how how did you? Because that was like a pivotal moment for you. Yeah, I mean, from was, your spiritual experience that you had, yeah, uh, you know, um not long before that, and then you be sobriety, and then and then coming to see me. That was like a pivotal moment in your life, really.
1: It was it was a complete game changer. It yeah. was just just a complete change your life. And, and, and people know, like, you know, Ange and stuff like that. I'd, I'd known it for, for a while, like, it, and, and, uh, in fellowships and stuff like that. And, and I used to have restless legs. I used to have restless legs. I couldn't talk properly. Mm. Uh, and then the week after, um, people were saying, what the hell is... I wasn't shaking anymore. I was off the neck, you know, And I was like, and, mm. uh, and they're going, you look so bright. You look so... And it it, it started getting better. Like And then, because then, I started doing... Uh, I, I got called to Cambo. And, and and then you get me the first Cambo treatment, uh, treating and um and then uh, the doc when I start going to my doctor's appointments, that's when it started changing again, mm. because all these illnesses that I had, right, I, I was going in, and the, and the doctor Richardson come down down one day, and it was about it was about six months or so after I'd, meet, me, I'd, I'd met you, and um, and I remember giving you showing you the, the 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 evidence on the on the on the paperwork and that. Um, but he, he he sat he was sat at the table, and he's like he's, I said um, He goes, I don't usually come down to see you. He said because because it was too upsetting. He said, he said, he said, I've told the nurses. He said, I don't know how many times. He said, he's not going to make it tonight. He said, I don't know how many times I've said, when he's when he's left, you won't see him again. He said, he said, we only have to keep you com- comfortable. You were you needed a liver transplant, otherwise you were get gone. So you were drinking. He said it was heartbreaking to see. Mm. So there he was, sat there and with uh, me, and he's, he's tapping his papers. And he's gone. You do know the reason why I'm here, don't you? And said, no. I thought, oh my no, god, he's going to tell me something bad. He goes, I want to know about these results, mate. And he started like the blood levels of everything. There, he said. I said all these tablets was taken. He said. He said, you not even take what? We said what? What's happened? Like, and I was sort of like explaining, but it went over his head, you know what I mean? And then, and he, and he's, he's become quite a good friends of mine, you know what I mean? he like, brings doctors down. Like.
0: So this is the same doctor that, that told you like, what, 10 years before, 15 years 15 before, before yeah. that that, yeah. that you... You're going to die. You're going to die.
1: Yeah. And and, and, and he used to tell the nurses every time I, like, I'd pull myself out of the drips, oh, you won't see him again. He said, but his head kept appearing like a bad penny. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, uh, when he started seeing these results, and then the results started getting better and better mm. and better, and and, and uh, my health started getting. I've got to go and see my son. Uh, and, uh, so what was the? So what was the?
0: What medication and what um, health conditions did you did you have that you you know managed to overcome? And 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 what was the journey like of um, of of that? Um, reduction in medication and healing in yourself.
1: The healing, God, it's, it's been a massive impact in my life. I didn't realise how ill I was. Do you know if we? Uh, I was so used to being. So I've got. I'm clear. of hepatitis. Mm. Um, the viruses have gone. Um, they, they, well, they're still. These they're still noticeable, but they're not. Ba- they used to be have to be banded, which mm. is like a. Like, and that's the proper, right indicator in uh, indication there, like, but mm. it's like it, it, it got it, it, it actually went. Mm. Um, the I had a cyst on my liver, and I remember i was, and, and with the cambo, uh, and um, whatever people think, uh, I, I know for, from the bottom of my heart on the Wednesday, um, on the scan, there was there was a there was a cyst, uh, um, I had H. pylori. Mm. I, I had that, and then we were going to biopsy it on the um, the week the week after. And I'd done a three B
0: three.
1: I went after because so because of the cam- the combo. I'd done the training with you,
0: mm. um,
1: and and after the three B three, it was it was quite a heavy treat every treatment I had, mm. and um, uh, and I'd had the scan. I had had the sorry, everything on on the Wednesday, and so on the Sunday I'd done that, and then the Wednesday. They took the biopsy, had the camera and everything like that, and and then I remember I remember come uh, looking over at the nurse and she's gone. He hasn't got H pylori, and the doctor's saying, "Well, we haven't treated him yet. Mm. We haven't," he said. He can't be. We haven't it's heavy antibiotics abiotics, everything like that, and the, and, mm. and they were still baffled at where it's gone. Mm. What happened to it? Mm. You know what I mean? And I, and I and the only thing I'd done in differently from that Wednesday was three b three camera.
0: Because it's interesting because H. pylori is is found when there's stomach ulcers. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And you've actually been diagnosed as stomach ulcers. Yeah,
1: it's oh, it 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 riddled. You already like, had, you know had, had stomach Yeah, and it's just like that's what was causing it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It was like... Because
0: uh, uh, I remember during your treatment there was actually some blood, wasn't there? it, yeah. No, yeah. um, yeah. A
1: bit scary at
0: yeah. one point. Yeah.
1: yeah. So... I, put it, I think that's what it, it was. To, it was just r- released in they have never been banded mm-hmm. or anything since, like... Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah. just to fill people in, you actually um, after you came to that um, ayahuasca retreat, yeah. um, it wasn't that long after that that we started working with you with Cambo. yeah, um, and uh, I'd done a few treatments with yeah, you, didn't I? Yeah,
1: many. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah done quite a few treatments, yeah. um, and it, that was when your health conditions really started to shift, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, and that's when people, everyone, started of seeing the change. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah I started of get because because I was full of scabs. You know what I mean? I, 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 and, I, and, and I had this... Uh, um, if I cut myself or something like that, i just bleed profoundly, you know what I mean? Mm. It, was like, it was like as if it was, like, the, 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 uh, my veins were, like, like, popping out, you know what I mean? And it was, mm. like, just horrible. And, and my skin cleared up, and, mm. and my restless legs started going, and people would just kept, kept saying to me, like, every day, like, saying, what are you doing? Mm. said, you look brilliant, you look sound, and, and I was feeling great. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and there, you know... Uh, to medical side of it, like the it goes over the red no matter what. Like, but um, the specialist actually said to me, he says, he says, he says, in forty years I've never seen a chain around like this ever. He says, he says so whatever you're doing, just crash on. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, so I still go for the tests and all that, and and uh, so it's was everything's come, coming back like perfect. Mm. You know what I mean? Pretty normally.
0: So you. After you retreat and then you start doing the combo treatments, you found that your health was improving. Yeah. Um, and so I remember you saying that you were taking quite a lot of medication at the time. Yeah. Um, for, for multiple different things. And also I remember you showed me the report that you had from yeah. the hospital of the different conditions and there was like a couple of pages worth of, yeah. of like health issues There's and the, there was a couple, and a
1: couple of them that says terminal on it as well
0: yeah to, yeah. yeah
1: yeah so it was like you know, they didn't think it was gonna make it, it said terminal.
0: you had terminal prognosis yeah. on you, yeah. you on your on your record i've got, got two of them at home there like, yeah
1: yeah. yeah i thought it was like oh, that was it you know what i mean so um
0: so then how did it feel like to you when you went back to the hospital and you were told that you no longer have any of these health conditions and you're not taking any medication anymore
1: God, it's, just, it's just it blows it blows them away you know what I mean it blows me away you know what I mean it's, I, I can't mad, I can't believe where I've come to in six and a half years and I do believe like you know, God's senses here like you know mm. it's like there was a, another reason for me to be here mm. you know so do
0: um, you believe that spirituality plays a
1: big part in this, very in big, this healing yeah, right? very big i was guided to all these places and I, I, I know that i've got this in the knowing that like and and I get the the clarity that i get yeah the spirituality side it, it saved me life do you know what I mean mm. yeah, along with it like yourself and and, and the medicines and that i was doing and and uh, keeping the 12-step program as well mm. um and, and i always I always look and I, and I can see now I'm guided towards different people that are in the same positions as me and and I can see if they want help or they need help mm. and what they need as well which is mm. which is a blessing so I think that that's that's my path that I keep going down
0: how yeah. important do you think it is that that people have a path
1: very important yeah. because if you haven't got a path you've got no direction have you you know what I mean it's it and it's sometimes you can veer off that path and that path it could take you years to get back onto the right one mm. you know what i mean it took me thirty odd years to get onto any path you know what I
0: mean? Just mm. along. so you're now a combo practitioner yeah. and you're also running meetings yeah as well how how does that improve your life oh well, it's 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 uh, it's giving back to what what was
1: like previously given to me you know and to be able to see see uh, see people change that's that's what lights me up you know uh, to see people that are in similar situations as myself, and, like, and I and ca- I can relate to every every drug, alcohol scenario, or or and, and I can see in people's eyes, or or just the way they talk. If they want it, if they want it, then I, I, then I'm there to, to help. You know what I mean? And I I never I could have believed that I would be, become a healer. Mm. You know, it's uh, I mean my family think I'm mad. You know what I mean? Some of them like just. Yeah. A lot of them have distanced themselves from me as well, but that's that's part of life, isn't it?
0: I mean, you've had, like, quite a journey, haven't you, yeah. from, you know, 35 years of yeah. addiction me, yeah. and darkness.
1: Yeah. I mean, we had, don't get me wrong, we had some mad times, great times, but there wasn't... I could, I could honestly say there was, there was mad times I can laugh about and all that, Like, but I never had peace. But peace in my mind you know what I mean I never had I never actually had said oh that was a nice night last night you know, it was either bonkers or you know what I mean or horrendous you know what I mean? there was no in between
0: and would you say that you found peace in your life now
1: yeah definitely or oh, every day so I've, got, I've got my son and that you know what I mean but it's like mostly yeah, mm.
0: yeah. so when when did you get your son back four years ago now, yeah, Um, or close on four years, yeah, Mm. he's, he's, uh, he's
1: he's working now, like, he's, um, he's done an electrical course, he doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't, he's, he's, he goes to the gym, Uh, we've got a a great bond, and, uh, and it's just the ripples of what, what I've been doing, is, is, is is rubbed off on him Mm. as well, you know, um, I've I've got everything I need in my life it's come back to me and, mm. and, and it is a, a life beyond what I could have called my wildest dreams you know I couldn't have pictured myself somebody's told me this six and a half years ago I would have laughed in the face you know I me mean? well if I can do it so yeah, so can anyone already that's amazing you know what I mean? that's, uh,
0: so, it was nearly four years ago, that this place opened and, and you helped yeah, me to, yeah. to uh, we built quite a good bond, connection, yeah. didn't we, when we were yeah, working on this good project here, like yeah. yeah. in a guru. And it all it grew, didn't it, like yeah. in the lockdown, like,
1: uh, not nothing was happening, but this was happening, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah it, was, uh, it was amazing to see, and it's great to just be here as well, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? It's a, it's amazing so it's to see a big part of my heart. This place, like, yeah.
0: it's amazing to see how you have grown and yeah. and like you know took the path your you new path seriously and and you're still dedicated to working on yourself and yeah. you know and expanding and growing and helping others and yeah. I, I just think you're a real inspiration. And it was well, it was around four years ago that um some somebody else came into your life. You yeah,
1: Angeline. Yeah, and and, Yulene, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that's. Uh, Icing on the cake, that you know, was like, and um, she's on the same path as myself. Yeah, um, I love it a bit. You know, what I, mean? I didn't think I'd ever find love again or anything like that. And she's a combo practitioner. You trained her as well, mm. um, and, and and we've got a great connection there are working with the uh, other people, and and we're building we're building up other things like uh, to have circles and uh, for, for sharing and. Yeah, uh, 'cause it, there's, there's other other forms of recovery as well. You know, it's it's like not a one-way path. You know where There's all different things, and and we're trying to figure out uh, different ways of helping. And, and I and they seem to get drawn to people that that, is, that have heard my story, they've been there, and they they want they just want a bit of a, a bit of peace in their life. You know what I mean? That's that's that, that's it. It's 'Cause like once you once you have like thirty years of carnage in your head, it's. Uh, it's like a racing brain, you know, it's like a, you know what I mean, mm. get rid of all that like, and you can start living life, you know, because there is, I didn't think there was, I, you know, I thought I, I just wanted to die and, and now I, I wake up and I'm grateful every morning, you know what I mean, for what I've got, I've got my dog as well, I've got a car, i got and, and I, I only passed my test three years ago, four, three and a half years ago and I've been driving since I was 16, you know what I mean? <laughs> Constantly, drink driving everywhere, no insurance. I earn everything. You know, it was all kinds of like things that I'm actually legal now. You know, I don't have to look over me back anymore. You know I mean? That's
0: it's amazing. So, yeah. if you could give advice to anybody that's going through addiction right now, what 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 would what would your advice be? What 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 would you say to them, people? What what do you think it is that could help? Someone that's going through something similar to here. That there, there is a way out.
1: There is a way out, and there is a better life. Because, like, sometimes you can't see it, and, and, I, and I know once you once you're in that path, and, and, and it'll only get like, darker and darker. Do you know? Is um, it's to it's it's seek help, find help, and open up. Tell tell people something you don't want to tell them. Do you know what I mean? Just tell them what your feelings are. And, like, I find men. Is it like uh, like a lot of the work we've done in, in with the mental health and that? That that's 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 the scariest part. They keep it all inside. I, I know a lot of hard lads out there, and they're destroyed inside. Do you know what I mean? But they won't show it. You no, know, and, uh, and and you, you know we all know where that ends up. You know what, mm. what I mean. So if, if if I can help one person, that's what gives me my, my uh, joy in life mm. now. You know what I mean? To see somebody getting well. Mm. You know what I mean? And and and. I can at least show them it can be done Mm. do you know what I mean because to come from from the the place where I came from and there's many 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 people there as you see walking out in the streets and that that they're in the same position and there is a way out but they can't see it at the time I Mm. couldn't do you know what I mean and if you could just get that glimmer of hope Mm. and then that light gets bigger Mm. you know what I mean and then eventually they'll they'll they'll, yeah but you've got to want it Mm. I
0: mean Well it brings me a lot of joy to yeah. to hear your story and to thanks. to to be sat here with you now having this conversation. So thank you very much. For, thanks, for, thanks. a for, lot like for, for everything. Like nice thank one. You. Thank
1: you.